20, the 10, the 5, the 30. Rosalie Jackson was caught at the 30. Julio Humphrey deliver body blow after body blow after body blow. The team just wants to absolutely beat you up. There are threats all over the field for these Georgia Bulldogs. You're listening to Between the Hedges with your host, Russ. Good morning, all you Between the Hedges fans. We made it. It's Tuesday. Good job. Now, we've got a great show in store for you all today. Today, we're going to talk about the Tennessee injuries and how that's going to affect the Georgia Bulldogs game this Saturday. Plus, we also have Mikel Williams, next man up. Is he going to be prepared for this weekend? All this and more on Between the Hedges podcast. Don't go away. Between the Hedges is brought to you by Dog Swamp. If you love custom frames, then you are going to love their designs. Dog Swap has all sorts of custom frames, from Sports Illustrated to photos and more. Go to our website and under our sponsors section, click Dog Swap and get your one-of-a-kind custom sports frame ordered today. On third down, Beck looks down the middle, there's Brock Bowers, touchdown, Dogs! Welcome to all of my wonderful listeners. We made it to Tamale Tuesday. It's my second favorite day of the week next to Friday. Thank you again to all of my loyal listeners who have stayed true to the Between the Hedges podcast. And if we have any new listeners here today, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to our show. I want to make sure you guys are aware that if you have not had a chance to follow the podcast, now is your chance to do so. It's a very simple process. There's a little button right there. It says follow. You click it, and that's all you got to do, guys. It's that simple. And there's even one more step you can do, too. Just make sure your notifications, they're turned on, because guess what? We don't want you guys to miss out on all this important stuff that we have to talk to you guys about from Between the Hedges. Well, now that we got that process done, I do want to let you guys know if you want to reach out to us, guess what? We have a lot of options available for you. One option is to click see more on the podcast description, and then you will see all of our information from our email address listed in there, which is bthfpodcast at gmail.com. Also, we have our website link in there, too, where you can click on that. And when you go to our website, it has all the podcast channels that are available for you. It has everything that you need. And at the bottom of the website, you can click send a message. And you can send an anonymous message. You could put your name in there if you want. You could do what you want to do. Leave us a comment about the podcast. Maybe there's a topic you want to talk about. Whatever you want, just put it in there. And if you want to give us a phone call, you can call us at 706-389-0770. Make sure when you leave your message, if you would like that message to be played across the podcast, let's try to keep it professional, guys. That's all we're asking. We are for the fans, by the fans, but we are also a friendly family podcast guys so we want to hear from our fans remember this is something that you guys are welcome to do so don't forget to check us out on facebook and tiktok and youtube if you guys want to do that that's also on our website plus our wonderful sponsors have all their wonderful website links on there for you guys to check them out as well too we've got some great sponsors that really do help this show become awesome let's get this podcast started today guys here we go between the hedges is brought to you by CB Tumblers. You ever wish you could have a custom tumbler? Well, now you can. CB Tumblers can make you any custom tumbler from a bulldog design or a tie-dye, whichever you like. Whatever you can think of, they can make it. Go to our website and under our sponsor section, click CB Tumblers and get your custom tumbler ordered today. Michelle's Custom Design. They make all sorts of custom sports wreaths, Christmas wreaths, and or signs. 
they can customize your order to your likings. Go to our website and under our sponsors section click on the Shell's custom design to see what they have to offer. It's not too late to get your Georgia Bulldog sports wreath ordered today. All right, do we have a great topic for you guys in store today? We are going to be talking about Tennessee and how their wide receivers are going to need to battle against Georgia's secondary. Um, I believe that uh, Mark Griffin wrote an article on Dog Nation, which you guys need to check out. It's really cool. But uh, Josh Hopel has had an offensive reload on his hand this season at Tennessee, and things are not going to be getting any easier at all, guys. Let me just tell you that right now. The Vols will be without receiver Dante Thornton Jr. after the Oregon transfer suffered a leg injury and the team's loss at Missouri this past Saturday. Now, Hopel announced on Monday that Tennessee opened the season replacing key players who moved on to the NFL. First-round offensive tackle Darnell Wright, quarterback Hendon Hooker, and fellow third-round wide receiver picks Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman. Now, September saw USC transfer receiver Brew McCoy suffer a season-ending injury, taking away yet another key player. Now, I still think that there might be a slight chance that the Vols game with the Georgia at 3.30 p.m. this Saturday on CBS could have had an SEC title game implications entering last weekend. So I do believe that if Tennessee would have had a shot at the SEC championship, I think we might have had a different spread. Now, right now, the spread I did not look on the website. This is what everybody else is just saying. It's supposed to be at 8.5. 8 so Georgia's going to win by a negative 8.5. Now, guys, I will tell you this. Every game, the spread has been pretty spot on. But this last weekend with Ole Miss, they said negative 10.5. Now, we have to remember, this is a computer-simulated program that decides that this game is going to be good or bad based off of past wins and losses, how many times they've come together, how many times they've played. So there are a lot of variable factors that go into that. And I personally have been putting a lot of stock in the spread all season long except for last weekend. So now, coming back into this one, I don't know if uh, Tennessee's going to get the kind of spread that they're saying. They're saying that we're going to win by 8.5. I just don't see it. Now, if Tennessee had won against Missouri and they had all of their players on their deck ready to go, I think then I could see it being a negative 8.5 against Tennessee. Now, they might be putting a lot of stock into that spread because they might be predicting maybe the uh, the home field advantage might play in an effect, which we've seen that happen firsthand at the Bulldog Stadium, too. So don't write that off yet either. But to me, I just don't know if the Tennessee team is going to do that well this weekend. Now, keep in mind, the, the SEC title is clinched. We are going for the SEC East. If Mizzou hadn't lost to Tennessee... I think you would also see that the negative uh, 8.5 spread would be a pretty valid spread because then Tennessee's got something worth fighting for. They got the SEC championship. As of right now, the only thing they're really going to be fighting for is just for the fact that they could say we beat it, we beat the uh, Bulldogs and took away their undefeated belt. That's all they really have to go for. There's nothing they're going to gain. Maybe they might get a bowl game if they're lucky, um, depending on how they win against us. Um, but as of right now, Georgia football is stock. We are really bulky. We are ready to go. We're beefy. I think we're going to be fine. Now, we do have a, a clip that we want to play for you guys at the end of this segment. 
uh, where Kirby Smart was interviewed in regards to the Tennessee game, and he has some really good comments that I'm not going to really go into detail reading for you guys right now, but you definitely want to listen to that uh, conference or that little interview that they did with Kirby Smart in regards to uh, this weekend. Now, I do know that Kirby Smart knows UT still has very dangerous targets remaining. There are some dangerous targets. Now, anytime you go into a football game and you say, oh, we're fine, we're good, that's never the case. You need to look at every variable. And I will say that uh, Kirby Smart has been really good at just taking apart each team that they go against and finding their key uh, weaknesses, their strengths, focusing on that. Smart did explain that this past Monday, and again, we're going to play that video for you guys at the end of this, but uh, he did mention a player named Squirrel White that Giorgio worked very hard to recruit. He mentioned that player. He did say White is a great player. He did say we recruited him. Um, he talked about how fast and dynamic he was and how he's getting better with his age. Now, Tennessee has won 14 straight games at the Neyland Stadium. Now, mind you, keep in mind that the Bulldogs bring a 27-game win streak to Knoxville. That is one shy of tying the SEC record with Alabama, and that's the 1978 to 1980 and the 1991 to 93. So if we beat them this weekend, we tie second with Alabama for the winning streak. Just throwing it out there. Now, Hoople, a former national championship quarterback at Oklahoma who led Tennessee to an 11-2 record last season, knows the challenge his team has this week. Uh, I think he's already prepared for it. He knows what he's going up against. I wouldn't be surprised if they've been watching videos and been watching those practice sessions and might have even watched the Ole Miss game uh, with Georgia Bulldogs. You can almost guarantee that that's, that's the topic this week is what can we do to stop the Georgia Bulldogs? They know they can try to come for our line of scrimmage. Ole Miss tried to do that last weekend. We held up our end on that part. Every time an opponent has come to us, we have made quick changes in our plays. We've made quick changes in our routes. We've made quick changes in our layups. So we are prepared to handle Tennessee at their home field in, uh, in Knoxville. Now, Hoople did say this, that you look at Georgia, they play extremely well, smart football, physical football in all three phases of the game. I cannot remember who said it, but someone made a comment about how they said that Georgia Bulldogs play tough football. They are one of the toughest teams to play in the college football playoff right now. We are the tough team to beat. Um, and, I mean, even NFL scouts have said that Georgia Bulldogs has the hardest practice regimen of any college football team right now. The hardest. Because Kirby Smart is not breeding just high school football players to go into college and that's it. He's breeding NFL professional football players. We've already talked about that in the past, that Georgia Bulldog has one of the strongest recruiting session, uh, sessions for the high school teams, but we also are the most recruited football team for the pros. Georgia produces good football players. Now, the Bulldogs like the Vols. Went down to a key player last Saturday with cornerback Julian Humphrey expected to miss time with an upper body injury. Hoople also said that Tennessee will make appropriate adjustments and they must win one-on-one -on -one battles in the passing game. So that's where they're going to come at us, the passing game. They obviously have to work on that area with their passing. Now, we've also seen our defense and how well they are in tight areas. Uh, we are down a few key players. We're going to talk about that in the next uh, segment, of course, too, or mention it briefly, of course, because I want to make sure I give you guys enough time to hear about what I want to talk about today. Now, it does say um, Smart made a comment, which I thought was pretty good. 
Smart makes no secrets of his commitment to stop the run and hinted that Ugga will upload near the line against the talented Vols' offensive backfield. He states, you can't stop it with light boxes. They make it where you can't. So there's going to be some very good strategic battle play action that's going to take place against the Tennessee and the Georgia game. Hoople and his staff are ready to take that advantage. Now you're always going to go subtly changing your scheme based on what you're seeing structure-wise and personal-wise on the other side. You always try to put those guys in position where they can go win. In this one, there's a bunch of one-on-ones. It's going to be tight, contested coverage on the outside. At the end of the day, they're going to have to win some of those battles. And this was Hoople quoting that thing. So me personally, the spread being in negative 8.5, I feel like that's a good spread, but I don't think that that's... That's considering the fact that what Tennessee's bringing into the game. They're losing a lot of key players. They have a lot of injuries on their team. I don't see them really performing that well. Now, again, I know if I come back Monday, I'll be the first one to say, I was wrong, guys. Tennessee played well. That negative 8.5 was right. But based on what I'm seeing now, based on what I saw in the Missouri game when I watched them play Tennessee, you know, Mizzou, they, they, they choked their offensive line, their defense choked them. They couldn't do much of anything. They couldn't get any plays. What plays they did get, they threw a few interceptions. Mizzou, their offense was on point. Tennessee's defense could not stop Mizzou. Our defense at least did stop Schrader a little bit and stop Cook a little bit. So to me, I think that that stands to say that our defense might actually do better against Tennessee this weekend. Now our offensive line, if they can continue to keep that line of scrimmage tight, like they did against Ole Miss last weekend, that's going to give Beck a lot of time to throw the ball to McConkie and Bowers. You know, I call them the McBowers or Bowser Conkey, whatever. We'll figure out some kind of a name on that part later on. But right now I'm going with McBowers. Those two are a tag team dynamic duo. They really and truly helped Beck have a lot of open, uh, open lines last week. He had a lot of throws. I felt like to me he actually threw better last week than he has in the past. Uh, there was one other uh, comment made in one of the uh, – news conferences I heard where they said that Beck performed better last weekend than he has in the last nine games that he's played. So to me, I feel like that as we see Beck progress, as we see Beck grow, I can see Beck taking us to the national championships. I can see that. Remember, once we play Tennessee this weekend, the next team we go up against is Georgia Tech, and we'll be playing them in Atlanta, of course. I believe they've already got the schedule set out for that one as well, too, if I remember seeing that right. So we've got a lot of games to play that are still key games for us to go to the national championships. And then don't forget, on December the 8th, we go against Alabama, our arch nemesis. And we have to factor in, too, that if we win that game, that will help us go to the national uh, uh, college football playoffs. Because, you know, if we lose in the SEC, they're going to knock us down in the top four easily, which is the reason why they're changing the brackets next year to make six, because they want to be able to have enough players make it into the playoffs and not just drop out from the top four. So a lot of changes are going to be coming in the next season, not only to the SEC division, but to the National College Football League as well, too. So it's, it's going to be a lot of fun to see what happens this year. I believe that the Bulldogs are set for a three-peat. I do feel it. I don't know how to explain it. You ask me all the time. I'm like, I just I feel it in my bones. And they're like, oh, it's just you're a Bulldog fan. But it's not that. 
any true diehard Bulldog fan that's been watching them play the last few weeks can see that we are not a team to be reckoned with. We are not a team to be taken lightly. Even though the commentators continue to shut us down, even though they continue to tell us that, oh, they're okay, they're mediocre. In fact, I even think I saw somewhere where it said we had like a 43% chance to go to the national championship, and they even put Alabama ahead of us. Alabama, who had a very difficult time playing uh, um, Kentucky, you know, and so I'm thinking in my mind, huh? What what are you seeing? What are you seeing in, in that in that that schematic? What do we the Bulldogs have to do to prove to you guys that we're the best? But you know what? It's okay because I'm learning to think more like Kirby Smart. The next game, the next game, the next game, the next game, and that's what we're gonna do. So we'll be back right after this uh, right on our next segment. Between the Hedges is brought to you by Dogs and More. Isn't your normal hot dog stand? Dogs and More serves gourmet hot dogs, hamburgers and grilled cheese. Also, their floats are no joke either. They are located in Ringan, Georgia. Go to our website and under sponsors, click Dogs and More. Believe me, their dogs are off the leash. Welcome back, everybody, to Between the Hedges podcast. Don't forget, you guys are welcome to leave comments on the podcast about the topics we talk about. You can go to our website. You can email us. You can call us, 706-389-0770. All this information is in our podcast description below. Just click the little see more, it'll expand, and then you'll see all that wonderful information. So, the talk of the week right now has been Michael Williams. And, by the way, he's just now starting to play his best football ever, is is what I I feel like in my my opinion now. Uh, Michael Williams knew that Georgia was going to win on Saturday before stepping out onto the field. He had that confidence about it, he had that belief that he knew it was going to happen. Now, Williams did say on Monday that Nolan was in there trying to get us hype. Being Nolan, went around screaming, there was no way we were going to lose this game. Uh, they did quote Williams in saying that on Monday. Now, it's not because if he was going to be out there and dominate, which he did, by the way, and he had the season's best 1.5 tackles for loss, but because of an interaction Nolan Smith and Jordan Davis had before the game, and that's what Williams was quoted to say in regards to him getting hyped up. Now, it was also said, too, that uh, having those guys like Jordan Davis, Malik Herring, and those guys over there giving us a little leadership, telling us little things like rip and reach, little techniques, it helps a lot to be able to look over there for mentorship. That's the way that they play. Even Bowers, when Bowers was injured, you saw Bowers coaching those players on the sideline. You have to remember, these guys are not just in it just to play the one game and then that's it. When these guys are injured or when these guys are on the sidelines, they're sitting there hyping each other up. They're pumping each other. They're giving advice. You know, these seniors that we have, their their best effort is to try to instill a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of mentorship into the rookies, into the juniors, into the freshmen, into the sophomores. That's what the seniors are there for. They're there to mold and groom. And then you have the coaches that are also doing the same thing as well, too. Now, Williams is well on his way to one day showing up on the sidelines and future Georgia players having the same sort of reverence for him. I believe that the defensive end continues to improve during his sophomore season. Even if it hasn't been a straight line progression, I still feel there is growth for him as a future player. Now, injuries have been part of Williams' story in the 2023. We've all seen that, unfortunately. You know, he missed spring practice with a foot injury. Um, That did require some surgery. And then, of course, after his most impactful game in a win over South Carolina, he missed the UAB contest with what Kirby Smart referred to as a sickness. Smart was quoted saying he didn't get to show the improvement he would like to in the spring because he didn't get to go through all the spring training, Smart said. 
He came into camp coming off a summer injury. He didn't get to practice as much in fall camp and spring. I was really pleased when he came back how much he asserted himself into getting into shape conditioning-wise. Now, I actually think he's just now starting to play his best football, which I believe in my opinion. I think Smart even quoted that too. I think he's got growth. And it's amazing these players that they pick for the Georgia football team. It's almost like they are picking like the, the, the elite players in future tense. You know, when you see these players on the football field, you've got to look for certain key elements. You've got to look for certain factors. And these scouts that do it, I don't know what scouts Kirby's got uh, drafted. You know, I don't know if they're a hidden element or if he's – publicize them. I haven't been able to find them if they are out there, but whoever he has scouting these players, they're looking for key elements, key features. And I feel like to me that one of the things that Kirby Smart is very good about doing, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong or not, is the way that he grooms them. It's the way that he can see like a a hidden talent inside of them for growth. Growth is such a huge factor for any kind of football player. Because if you find a football player that once they reach their pinnacle, they're done, They don't make a difference how well you groom them, how well you train them, how well you do anything. Once they reach that peak, that's it. And the problem with that is that when you're in college football, you can't stop growing. There has to be growth. You have to be able to get better, especially if you want to make it to the pros. Now, if you're going to college just for a scholarship and you're going to college just to get an education, which all the way is more important too, not saying that you have to just play for the pros, but even then, you need a scholarship that's going to carry you your entire course of your college career. He looks for key elements in these players. Smart has seen Williams become more of a leader on the Georgia defensive line, another positive step in his development because he's got that enablement to grow, to learn, to be a better player. The next man up does not just refer to playing. The next man up also refers to mentoring, to help them grow. And this is something that they're doing at the college football level in Georgia. They're, They're not just letting it be on the field only. It's off the field, too. You know, I guarantee you in that locker room, those guys are probably pumping each other up. Positivity. Hey, man, try this technique. Hey, man, try that technique. Now, mind you, they may have been doing this in the past. Maybe they weren't doing it in the past. I don't know. But if there's one thing I've seen as far as the players go is off-field enablement. Off-field enablement has been a huge pivotal point to the Bulldogs, to their players, to Bowers being on the sideline. Bowers was injured. Bowers honestly could have sat down on that bench and just, just watched the guys, but he didn't. He had a love. He had a passion for his players, his teammates. He encouraged them. He helped them grow. McConkie was even quoted saying that he learned a lot from Bowers. Bowers was coming over there giving him tidbits. They were not just settling for the I'm on the injured list. That's not enough for the Bulldogs. Even when a Bulldog is down, he's not down. He's just temporarily fixated on a different position. His leg is temporarily fixated in the upright position, but his mind, his heart, his mouth is in that leadership position, and that's what Kirby Smart does. Kirby Smart looks for leaders. Williams has 4.0 tackles for a loss of 2.5 sacks. His best game again came against South Carolina when he harassed Spencer Rattler for much of the second half. I mean, he was all over him. He dominated that second half. And then a season after Williams led Georgia in sacks and delivered on his five-star potential, He looked like the next great edge rusher. Edge rusher, guys. Mike Griffith, sorry, Carl O'Reilly wrote that in one of his articles. He's the next edge rusher. Only Georgia's defense doesn't exactly work that way, unfortunately. Trayvon Walker, who went on to be number one overall pick in the 2022 draft, had only 3.5 sacks through his first two seasons in Georgia, guys. 
Aziz Ujalari and DeAndre Walker are still the only players under Kirby Smart to finish a season with more than seven sacks. And I would not be surprised if Williams is trying to top that record. These players come in and think, you know, well, what's the what's the record for this or that? And then they don't just settle for mediocre, mediocrity. They settle for greatness. That's what Kirby Smart brings to the element. We don't want mediocrity. We want greatness. Williams has improved as a run defender. That'll be key as the Bulldogs prepare to face Tennessee's offense that has a potent, to, potent, potent, can't talk this morning, potential for rushing attacks. We need to watch the Tennessee offense, and I believe Williams will be a key factor in this game. Williams has been said, really just stop the run. We have to win in the trenches. We have to win up front. It's something you have to be able to slow down the run game. Williams is already focusing on Tennessee's run game. Now, Tennessee's offensive setup will make it imperative to get good defensive line plays. With Tennessee's wide receivers playing so out wide, the Volunteers force us to have to win with a lighter front seven. It's going to require a little bit of a strategic play on our defensive coordinator. Kirby Smart's going to probably work on some different practice reps, some different plays, some different techniques. We need to remember that just a season ago, Jalen Carter proved he was plenty capable of wrecking shops. While Williams isn't the same player as Carter, the Georgia sophomore will be part of the collaborative effort in stifling Tennessee. So we have all these players that might have been a product of what Carter did, giving that mentorship to Williams. That's the way Kirby Smart does it. It's not just the one player. He thinks about the future. He thinks about the next man up. It's a constant uh, mindset that he does. Now, again, I'm not going to continue to give you every quote that Smart said because we are going to play his um, his, confer his conference press conference he did at the end. But I believe that Williams feels like he's made strides this season. Working his way into the best version of himself, I believe Williams knows he's a better player this season. And he believes he's only going to get better as the game slows down for him. Now, I kind of feel like I'm adjusting well now. I'm getting back into the flow of things and just can't wait to see what the future has ahead, is what Williams was quoted saying. And I believe Smart agrees, noting that even with Georgia's recent plays and runs and stuff, Williams found a way to up his game. He's found a way to improve himself. He's playing at a level that Davis and Smith would be proud of. And if he keeps up, he's going to one day join them as first-round picks in the NFL. Who knows, maybe playing side-by-side -side with them one day. And maybe even someone who comes back to fire up future Georgia standouts. He may come back and offer mentorship to his former college football teammates. So I believe that we have not seen the end of Williams. I think he's still going to be a dynamite player. I think there's going to be a lot more that he has to provide for us, a lot more that he has to give to this team. And again, like we talked about, you have to understand that the way Kirby Smart is playing football, he's not playing just one game one game next game he says he is but in reality he's really thinking of the future he's thinking of how he's setting up these teammates for future success by recruiting players that don't just want to come in and play one football season one football game one football scholarship and then out they go he is grooming leaders he's grooming people to be better versions of themselves not only on the field but off the field and we've seen it firsthand when you hear these players talking about how they've had a good, solid lead because of so-and-so telling them to do this, because so-and-so gave them this inspiration, so-and-so gave them this advice, so-and-so's helping them to groom. You have to realize that football is not just a matter of playing one season and that's it. It's about, about making your teammates stronger as they leave the college university. Those seniors on Friday night, Saturday night's game, the Saturday night game, they had a Friday night uh, uh, ceremony, but Saturday night's game, 
those seniors, they were emotional. They were, they were, they were emotionally proud to be a Bulldog. They knew that that was their last night playing a home game and that this was it for them and that they were done. But they took pride. And not only are they leaving seniors, but they're leaving behind a legacy. A legacy that will make them stronger. A legacy that will make the next teammate stronger. And then that teammate will come forward one day and become a senior. And then leave behind the legacy from the legacy before. It's creating a generational progression of good football players. But tell me I'm wrong, because I don't know. Maybe I am, but it's just what I see. It's what I feel. It's what I I, I believe in, that the Georgia football program is one of the best programs right now in the college football uh, division. I'm sorry. You could say, oh, well, what about Ohio State? Oh, what about Michigan? What about Florida? They're good, too, guys. They are good, too. But they're not doing what we're doing. They don't have three seasons of undefeated games under their belt right now. Two national championships back-to-back. Something's happening right now. And this very well may be our mark in the history book, books for years to come. It may take another 10 or 15 years. It may take my, my children's lifetime before something like this happens. And hopefully they'll pass it on to their kids. Hey, my dad used to tell me stories about how the Georgia Bulldogs were the national champions two seasons in a row, and they went for a three-peat, and they got it. Man, they, they know how to play some football. Who knows? There might be future college programs that will take what Georgia Bulldogs has done and have used that as their strategy, use that as their technique. Who knows what's being groomed right now? We don't know what the future holds. But call 706-389-0770. Leave a comment. You can email us. Go to our website. Send a message. We're going to go ahead and play this clip from Kirby Smart's press conference, and we'll be back right after that. Tennessee, um, you know, it's a really difficult prep week, um, probably the hardest one of the year in terms of trying to replicate what they do. They do a tremendous job stressing you um, in all phases. Um, you know, they've always been good with with, uh, with Josh in, in terms of offensively, but I think, you know, what they've been able to do defensively this year to me is – uh, really impressive. They they play really good defense, really good offense. The tempo is hard to match. Um, and then their special teams, you know, that's the phase nobody talks about. These guys are, are really elite on the special teams. You can tell they put a lot of uh, time and effort into it. Um, so it's a huge challenge. When you go on the road in the SEC, I, t- I say it all the time, doesn't matter who, where, when, doesn't matter anything about anybody's record. Only it matters is you're playing on the road in the SEC in a really tough environment, and the prep for that is – kind of the challenge um, that our team has to embrace. You have to embrace uh, it's different when you go on the road in our league, especially when you go to play a team um, as talented as Tennessee is. Welcome back, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Between the Hedges. Don't forget to share it with your friends and family and all your Georgia haters that are out there. Also, if you haven't had a chance to do that follow button yet, don't forget. It's just one simple click away. It's like the song that says, I'm only one call away. It's one click away. And uh, if you guys haven't had a chance to turn that notification on, go ahead and do it while you're setting that follow button up. We want you guys to be up to date with all the latest news from Between the Hedges. If you want to reach out to us, you guys can do so by clicking on that podcast description below. Like we mentioned earlier, we got our email, our website, and our telephone number, 706-389-0770. 
Uh, we want you guys to make sure you have any possible way of reaching us if you guys want to leave comments, topics, or things you want to talk about and uh, and everything else. And as we get closer towards the end of the season, guys, I will keep you posted about whether we're going to continue the podcast after the Georgia Bulldogs football season is over because we've got lots of news, lots of information about recruitment. we got lots of information about players coming over, what's going on with our existing players and things like that. So we definitely want to make sure you guys are up to date on all that information. So we hope you all have a great day today. And we will see you here tomorrow on Between the Hedges. Go dogs!